Welcome to Getting Through It, where we're here to help you get through it. I'm John Buery, and as always, I'm with the always dependable scientist, Dr. Lucy Jones. We ask that you consider supporting this podcast and my nonprofit's work to bring science incredible information to you and those who need it. Please join us as a sponsor on Patreon at patreon.com and search my name, Dr. Lucy Jones. Great. And now let's get to it. Disasters heighten our awareness of emotions we feel, of issues we face, and of failings in our communities. In disasters, the metaphorical small cracks become full-blown fissures in our society. One place that happens is around our feelings of uneasiness around the unknown. What's going to happen next? This is today's topic, uncertainty. Yeah, you know, to our most primitive brains, uncertainty equals danger. If your brain doesn't know what's coming around the corner, it can't keep you safe. And we need to remember that our brains were evolved to protect us from stronger animals, you know, with with bigger teeth and stronger muscles. And the only advantage that we had was our ability to think things through and make patterns. So we have been evolved to make patterns to find a way to be safe. And if we can't make a pattern, If whatever we're looking at is fundamentally random, if there's too little information, it's uncertain, our lizard brain goes haywired, kicking us in the pants in an attempt to spur us to action and get us to safety. So our desire for certainty is one of those things that's wired in us. No wonder kids want that blankie or stuffed animal that's worn out, but essential to them, critical to them. That security blanket is about certainty in the face of the big unknown world of a small child. And it makes sense, I guess why people look for reassurance in the face of the unknown, even as adults. Right. I mean, children have a special situation because they're so dependent on adults for everything in their life. So their certainty is uh, placed on another person. And those, those security items are a way of bridging that gap from what they can do and what the adults can do. But we never grow out of the desire for certainty. You know, how strong the need is, is a variable between different people, but we always try to make patterns. You know, think about it. Our brains make up all sorts of untested stories hundreds of times a day. I mean, there's there's one aspect that when you see something, your brain's actually only actually perceiving part of the picture and you fill in the rest to hypothesize the shape that you see is actually a person or whatever. Then in more abstract ideas, you know, if a, a friend doesn't respond to a text or a colleague is frowning and uses a certain tone of voice or we're not on a guest list, chances are you assume the worst. You overpersonalize the event and you jump to conclusions because your brain will do just about anything to have things certain for it. I think we can all relate to this because what you're saying is that we're all wired to want a bad answer over no answer at all. It's like waiting for that college acceptance letter. The anticipation is the hardest part. Right. You'd rather have gotten those answers and know that you haven't been accepted so you can make up your mind. And in fact, there have been these really interesting psychological studies where they like put people in uncertain situations, uh, you know, a, a computer game where you may or may not get a shot. They actually found that the anxiety levels, the physiological manifestations of anxiety are higher. They're, they're more extreme when you don't know if you're going to get a shock or not, 
than when you're certain to be getting a shock. So we actually find the uncertainty about pain to be worse than getting the pain itself. You know, when you think about this, when we really need to know it's certain, this is part of what leads to what's called the confirmation bias, which is where we tend to look at data that supports our current views more favorably than than data that uh, opposes it, because you know we'd rather know that we don't have to change our minds, and that's just a lot easier place to be. It doesn't mean we like the answer. We'd rather be certain, even if it's an answer we don't like. So you see people, you know, absolutely certain that their political candidate's going to lose because that's less anxious than not knowing what the outcome's going to be. You know, as we're talking here, I think of all the messages we get after a small earthquake, whether it's local or distant. What does it mean? Can you tell me what's happening next? I know through Twitter and through your emails and the reporters that come to us. And then, of course, there's very reliably someone who gives a clearly fake earthquake prediction of what's next. And people want to believe it. And there's all these messages. I saw this prediction. Is it true? We seek clarity in the face of uncertainty, which is what helps people get through it. But sometimes that certainty is wrong. Well, right. And it's, you know, we want the certainty to reduce our anxiety, not because it's actually true. You know, earthquakes especially are sort of the ultimate out of control experience, complete uncertainty about when they're going to happen, no idea when it's going to be coming. And we really hate that. So there's been a huge drive for earthquake prediction. You know, my my thesis work several decades ago was funded by a government program to learn how to predict earthquakes. But when you think about it, you know, would you rather have two hours to get out of a building or a building that doesn't fall down in the first place? It's pretty clear that in any practical sense, we'd be far better off building to withstand the earthquake at any time rather than trying to figure out the time. But it doesn't fill that emotional need. So after every earthquake, we always have rumors that predictions are coming. And, you know, think about all of the things people talk about, earthquake weather or knowing that earthquakes are going to happen in the early morning or earthquakes and and tides. We're all trying to make a pattern. We'd rather know that the earthquake that's going to hurt us is happening today than to be out there being uncertain. One of the letters that I got over the years that struck me the most was somebody who said, I know you can't tell me when the next earthquake's going to be, but will you tell me when your children go to visit out-of-town relatives? They would rather believe I was lying to them that I, than that I really didn't know because they just couldn't stand that uncertainty. And all those things you mentioned are, are the myths that surround earthquakes mm-hmm. because earthquake prediction is impossible. There's no way to predict exactly when and where and how big an earthquake is going to be. Absolutely not. And some other time we'll go into details about that. I look forward to it. So Lucy, what do you do when facing uncertainty? Well, that's not a completely fair question because I am a scientific researcher and that means I spend a lot of time being quite uncertain. In fact, I think it's one of the qualifications for becoming a researcher is you need to be a little bit more comfortable with that because it's where you spend a lot of your professional life. That said, in my daily life, I can be as anxious over uncertainty as anyone out there. And I do a couple of things. One, I try to remind myself that making up stories, trying to take out the uncertainty and figure out where it's going is a psychological drive that often gets me in the wrong place. So it's a deep-seated desire, but I need, I, I need to not trust my internal story. 
And the second one that's probably even harder to hold on to, but I try, is to remember that uncertainty can actually be a good thing for us. You know, when those psychologists have looked at that anxiety we produce, they also see that uncertain situations are where we learn, it's where we grow. When our brain keeps us in that cocoon of certainty, it doesn't allow us a place to change. So we may not like the feelings, but I try to remember that it's good for us to be uncertain at least some of the time. As we've talked about, we seek definite answers, certainty, in order to feed our evolutionary need for safety and security in the face of the unknown. We all do it. And the way to really get through it is recognize that we will make up stories that are likely worse than the actual outcomes to replace the fact that we don't have an answer. And this also means we get to learn new things. Lucy, we could go on forever, so we'll have to do this again. Until next time, I'm John Bueri with Dr. Lucy Jones and you, Getting Through It. Getting Through It is a production of the Dr. Lucy Jones Center for Science and Society. Visit us online to get past shows and become a sponsor at patreon.com. That's P-A-T-R-E-O-N.com and search Dr. Lucy Jones. Our music is performed by Josh Lee, and this closing music is written by our own Dr. Lucy Jones. <laughs>